Hey guys, I'm Amadal Yakbar, and this is See Something, Say Something, the BuzzFeed podcast where we drink chai, tell stories, and talk about being Muslim in America. This week, we're going to go deep on one of the biggest pop icons out there, solo artists, singer, acclaimed soft boy, t-shirt maker, uh, Arabic tattoo professional, <laughs> former One Directioner, Zayn Malik. If you see something, you better... So we're going to start off the episode with a round of See Something, Say Something, where I'm going to ask my guests what they're thinking about, and then we're going to get deep into the world of Zayn fandom, and finally we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite Muslim memes. You know, I like Zayn and I followed him a little bit, but I'm not like... Uh, Stan, I have listened to his most recent album, and uh, I do a little bit of reading about him uh, occasionally, but I'm not like a big fan. So I brought on Sara Yassin, who's a news editor at BuzzFeed, to be my co-host. I was like, Sara, what are your feelings about Zayn? And you were like... I said, I want him to impregnate me. (laughs) (laughs) And I, of course, screenshotted that and sent it to the pod squad and was like, Sara's our (laughs) co-host. So uh, welcome to the show, Sara. Thank you for having me. You're a big, you're a big Zane fan. We're going to talk more about like <laughs> your relationship to him later. We're also joined by Fariha Roisheen. She's a writer and one of the hosts of Two Brown Girls podcast, and she's a self-professed Zane Mullick scholar. Fariha, <laughs> can you just tell us a little bit? Like you've called yourself a Zane Mullick scholar. What's the accreditation? Okay, well, I have been credited in like two articles. Of, <laughs> uh, you know, the Fader piece. Uh, which was like this huge piece about Zayn last year, uh, referenced me, and and Zayn knows who I am now. Oh, um, nice! Because there was like this huge part of uh, the piece that not huge. I'm I'm exaggerating, but like a a paragraph <laughs> about me and the the podcast that I have called Two Brown Girls with my friend Ziba, where I talked about Zayn um, on one particular episode, and he he was told the quote that I said about him. So yeah, he totally knows who I am, nice. and and now like I guess I've I've been interviewed a couple of times about him, so I feel as if I can totally call myself that. I agree. I <laughs> I've, I've read your writing. You do your research. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, we've got Farwa Zaidi, a native New Yorker who's like amazing on Twitter. You all need to follow her. Um, she's so funny and Thanks. amazing. And she's also talks a lot about Zayn. Where would you rank Zayn on your list of priorities? On my Farwa. list of priorities? <laughs> Actually, I feel like I lose in this entire conversation. <laughs> I'm not like a scholar or anything. <laughs> but like list of priorities he's probably up there like his face at least is like way up there on my list of priorities to look Mm. at at like all times okay so um we're gonna do a segment called see something say something very quickly we're just gonna ask you guys what you're thinking about this week um something that you've read or something you've watched or like a news story that's interesting to you sarah what are you thinking about this week I mean, my head is kind of a a swirling place of news since I'm hanging out on breaking news. But the thing I'm thinking about right now is most definitely Kanye meeting with Trump and seeing what comes of that, because who knows? That was the most awkward thing ever. He Kanye just stood Mm, there and didn't answer half the questions any of the reporters were saying. Yeah. I think the only thing he said was, 
I just want my ticker taken. Taken. Can I also just point out that they're both Gemini's? Oh, you're into the signs. <laughs> Are they really? They're both Gemini's. It's just it's it's World War Four happening. Yeah. Uh, Farrell, what are you thinking about this week? Um, well, today I woke up and I saw a tweet that it's been three years since Beyonce's self-titled album came out. Oh. So I've been thinking about that all day. Like I listened to the album on my way to work. <laughs> I can't believe it's been three. It's like probably how a parent feels like on their child's third birthday. <laughs> I can't believe I've seen you every day and like I fall more and more in love with you as time goes on. Stuff like that. Freya, what are you thinking about? Um, I'm thinking about this movie I watched uh, a couple weeks ago called Moonlight uh, mm-hmm. and it's still haunting me. And uh, I watched uh, my friend David Ehrlich's uh, 25 top films of the year and it was number one. And so it's like shots from the film are just blasting through my head right now. It's a beautiful film for those who haven't seen it. All right, so let's talk about Zane. First of all, I guess we kind of have to like explain him because I'm sure there are some aunties listening in who don't know who he is. Um, Fariha, since you're the scholar, can you tell us the, a quick abridged version of Zayn Malik's story? Like, who is? Okay, he? here we go. So uh, <laughs> Zayn uh, was on a TV show called X Factor in England, and um, he just went in to sort of, I don't know try his musical talents and then he was assembled into a band with uh, four other bandmates uh louis tomlinson i forgot all their names uh <laughs> harry styles those other white uh, guys that don't matter yeah. lots of white guys <laughs> who else really literally cannot remember anything else <laughs> that's fine so... by me <laughs> harry styles <laughs> yeah. is the only other one i know and lewis i guess and lewis Right. Lewis Tomlinson. Uh, yeah, I cannot remember them. It was yeah. like Simon Cowell, Zolo. too. Right? Like Simon Cowell literally put them together, right? right. Yeah, literally. When you say assembled, yeah. you mean like they were packaged as a thing. They were packaged yeah. into a petite little package, yeah. And then last year in uh, March 2015... I believe he decided he did not want to be in the band anymore. So he left and it was devastating for all of us, I'm sure. And he went on to launch his Zolo career. Zolo? Um, <laughs> so I love that. one thing that That's everybody amazing. needs to know, there's Squad, which is obviously Zane's Squad, right, right. and Zolo. Okay. Uh, Zane's Zolo career. Um, did so, not find that in my research for this no, episode, I knew about, by the way. I knew about the Squad. <laughs> yeah, not the Zolo. Zolo. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, so he released Mind of Mine earlier this year to great critical acclaim. I think that for, you know, what is he now? Like 22, 23? Yeah, 23. And uh, it's a great achievement. I mean, he's got a song in Urdu, which is incredible. So, you know, he's sort of being the best that he can be. He's dating Gigi Hadid, which is uh, 
questionable, but um, oh, oh my god, Sarah is on here. Basically, she wanted to talk about how much she loves the Gigi. Oh, really? I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I love Gigi. I just can't get over the Jenner Hadid connection. Oh, I thought it was just a, oh she's dating him, so I hate her. But <laughs> no, no, I actually no, no, don't no. like her. I think that like she, as a half Palestinian, also has could lend herself more to the cause. That's true. Um, but I mean, I think. Which, as a Palestinian, though, like it, there is something really moving about seeing a Palestinian icon who just exists. Right. Like, yes, because I mean, in sometimes in the mainstream pop culture conversation, existing as a Palestinian is a controversial thing. So, yeah. like, sure. I feel like there is some weight in her existing, just as like, hey, I'm just this normal girl who, well, not normal, but you know, like, I'm, I'm, a supermodel. yeah, <laughs> I'm a super normal girl. <laughs> You're just an average supermodel. That's so true. Yeah, like, I feel like there's that that weight to her. Yeah, I mean, we it's definitely like the carefree Palestinian life right. that mm. doesn't exist. That doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, your Facebook cover photo is. Oh yeah, my Facebook cover photo. Uh, I photoshopped my face onto a picture of them together oh. in holding Eagles. hands. Yeah, holding hands. Because <laughs> you know. So it's two Saras <laughs> on Zayn's body and Gigi's body oh, holding yeah. okay, hands. So you put it on both their faces. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I can show you, yeah, but yeah, you know, it's it's like pretty exciting but um <laughs> i mean i so i really like them as a couple and i feel while they still exist as a couple they're very important to me because i mean they are like they are two you know two people from like from backgrounds that are very familiar to me you know have mm -hmm. i had I have a lot of pakistani friends that i grew up with and like you know i'm palestinian and so it's like to see these people from these backgrounds be famous and just like i said like there's just something about they don't have to talk about being muslim i mean i i don't think Gigi. i don't know if her family like if her father's family is muslim but like they don't have to talk about their cultural background, mm. but just them existing. It's like another narrative. I mean, I'm very critical of the like good Muslim, bad Muslim thing, but like, you know, some kids going to look at Gigi's Wikipedia page and they're like, oh, she's Palestinian. What does it mean to be Palestinian? And exactly. they might think about that. And I feel like just that visibility is just so important. Yeah. Well, there's also that interesting thing that uh, Zayn and um, Gigi share, which they both have one white parent. Am I correct mm, about yeah. that? Right. Mm -hmm. um, for Zayn, it's his dad is Pakistani yeah. and his mother yes, is British. Yeah. Um, it's sort of interesting to see how he inhabits that Pakistani identity. Also, to me, part of the reason why we did this episode, like I said, I think I probably really, I mean, I listened to... Um, um, that's why you're beautiful. Is that the name of the song? <laughs> that's yeah. what makes you. Beautiful. That's what makes you beautiful. Sorry, um, dad moment over here. Um, but I I knew that song, but basically no other One Direction songs. And I knew Zayn. I was kind of like following him. But then when he went solo, I got like really into like the idea of like researching him and being like, man, there's a you know a Pakistani um, like yeah. you know Muslim male pop star. Like when I was growing up, you know I I didn't see anyone in pop music who felt like reflected me in any sh way shape or form so i was just thinking about like how interesting it is for like a young person now i mean i'm still young but i'm like not into it i never got into boy bands in that way mm -hmm. um it's like just interesting to see his symbolic potential i guess yeah. especially because his name is like so visibly like muslim and pakistani yeah. like zen malik it's not like something you can shorten into like something white you know what i mean which mm -hmm. I think is so important because nowadays we do have like brown representatives. We have like Mindy Kaling, but her name is like Mindy. 
Mm-hmm. And that was always so important to me because my name is like weird. <laughs> and it's like seeing Zen. Weird to white people. Weird to white people, <laughs> exactly. So it was like important to me to see like Zen, like, you know, this is a guy named Zen Malik and he's like famous. And people are calling him like Zen. They're not calling him like Joe or something. Right. I think it's also really exceptional that he was like the most attractive yes. person <laughs> in One Direction yes. also. And so like seeing that evolve and how... um people became obsessed with a brown man exactly is actually like so powerful to the narrative of like even diversity right like oh my god like this man is like on magazines or like he's like the sexiest version of the like biggest band in the world like that i think for me personally meant a lot yeah because usually the brown guy is like the nerd right (laughs) yeah exactly I mean, I was obsessed with boy bands when I was a kid. I mean, there are lots of random facts that I know about in sync and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> like Justin Timberlake, favorite food cereal. You know? <laughs> yeah. What is it? Cereal? Apple Jacks. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. He loves still? Apple Jacks. That's to really this day? Weird. I don't know if to this day, but like Teen Beat or something had that. But like you know, when I was a kid, I felt like I had to compartmentalize my like Muslim identity and then right. also like my my like, you know, boy pop culture. Loving, right. Yeah. Boy band mm-hmm. loving thing. And like I was just so starved for some kind of representation, right. not even just Muslim, like just something brown. When Aladdin came out, it was like my birthday times Christmas times everything, even though it's a total like racist fest. Mm-hmm. It was like the first time that I saw something in pop culture that like represented part of my culture that was important to me and like even for my parents it was the first time they let me have a male doll because aladdin (laughs) existed they were like fine and so then he had six blonde wives (laughs) who were all married to each other before and then suddenly he came into the picture (laughs) so like you know it was like i was so starved for like that kind of visibility for me personally both zane and Gigi, i think back to myself as a teenager And, like, those two figures would have meant the world to me as a kid. And you're right. Like, them being a power couple is quite exceptional also. Like, her being Palestinian and him being Pakistani, that's, like, unheard of. Like, a power couple Mm. like that. And she's a supermodel. He's, like, this iconic he's the like, sexiest man alive <laughs> <laughs> he's like a very famous i'm trying to be like respectful <laughs> he's like this very famous he's like a like, very talented exactly, like, <laughs> famous iconic pop star and they're both like just killing it in their fields so well, let's just talk about that like iconhood the muslim iconhood it's a really interesting thing because i feel like there's a lot of arguments about um is he really muslim or like yeah. is he really pakistani like i've had encountered people who said that like he sort of has um light skin privilege like say like he because he's half white he expresses in this way that allows like the general media to see him as more attractive to me personally i look at him and i'm like that's any like young quiet kid at the mosque who like sat in the corner with their cool friends like listening to cds and stuff like he looks to me like as totally pakistani but there's these arguments about you know on both sides of it that he is on one hand, you know, not Muslim enough. And on other hand, it's like, you know, that we put too much of a Muslim right. icon hood on him. Where do you guys stand on that? Like, what are your feelings? I feel like he's existing really nicely in the middle of it all, right. personally. I think exactly. there's a lot of pressure on people like that. Because like we said, he is the only representation we have. And so he has, I feel like he has that burden of representation. People are like being totally Islamophobic to him where it's like he might not even be a practicing Muslim. You know what I mean? But it's like he is the only Muslim pop star out there right now. So people are obviously going to look at him as like the Muslim pop star. 
Yeah. I think it's also really important for even us to talk about like what it means being Muslim now anyway. Yeah. And I think in my writing, that's something that I really try and unearth because I don't really know what that means. And for me, I don't wear a hijab or, you know, I pass in a certain way just because I don't experience that kind of violence from people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a type of passing. But um, I've had a lot of people write into me because I write so much about being Muslims and tell me that I'm not Muslim enough. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. always so frustrating. Like even today, like I, yeah. I got a comment like that and it's just, it's so sad. And I think that he is, from what I gauge, trying to figure out where he stands with himself you know Mm -hmm. and that makes sense like he's a 23 year old and he doesn't really quite know where he is but like if you see the influences of islam in his life up until now it's been really powerful like his mother converted you know apparently like he's read the quran three times and like was always going to mosque his mother was a cook at the mosque i I learned this all from reading his biography this week (laughs) these are all facts i just recently acquired i didn't even know he had it was released just like month ago or something i didn't know any of that stuff he's very clear and he's like i am muslim i am he says he says mixed race he says pakistani he talks about like sort of like a lot of anti-muslim stuff he experiences and it doesn't seem like it's ambiguous in the sense that he doesn't feel like strife about whether he's muslim enough or not you know but other people will apply that which is why it's so scary and dangerous like somebody like you know and i've heard that too like people will just be like but he doesn't do this or Mm -hmm. he's got Mm -hmm. tattoos or you know he's dating a supermodel or like you know whatever they want to like dismantle him for for a certain reason but then again like you know i think in looking at how we define what it means to be muslim like i do feel like there is like a huge cultural part of it because like i'm not practicing but i feel culturally muslim and that's how i was raised and that's my community and i feel Mm -hmm. like for someone like zayn what's really fascinating is that while he was still in one direction he was getting targeted by islamophobic attacks you had Mm -hmm. what what's that a uh, lady, Debbie, Debbie Schlusser or something. Yeah, her name is Debbie Schlusel. Yeah, she wrote this like hilariously Islamophobic, but also like really like offensive thing, like grotesque. Yeah, it it's was so like sad. I was like reading it, and I was like, "Who are you?" Right. And she just like basically alleged that like he was like some kind of propaganda that was being fed to teenage girls. At that point, he wasn't speaking that much about his identity. Mm -hmm. He wasn't identifying himself as much as a Muslim pop star, but he was being identified that Mm -hmm. way. And I think that's a very important part of the conversation. Zayn Malik, if he wasn't recognizable as a a pop star, he would have just as much trouble at the border Mm -hmm. as any other Pakistani guy that I know. And I think that's like the hard part about being a visible Muslim is that to Muslims, you might not be Muslim enough. Because I know I get this on Twitter all the time. People are like, you know, you wear too much makeup with your hijab and mm, stuff like that. Mm. And it's like, well, I am Muslim. And then to like non-Muslims, even one drop of Muslim, it's like, you're Muslim and that's it. Another interesting thing about this is like the way we talk about him as like the first Muslim icon. There are so many black Muslim rappers and singers and people don't talk about them like they're Muslim icons even though they are Muslim which probably has something to do with anti-blackness and just the way we perceive Muslims um, and what it means to look Muslim you know Mostaf, Lupe Fiasco like even Akon yeah Akon's Muslim yeah Akon's Muslim I had no idea really Senegalese yeah Yeah. Q-tip like there's all these rappers you know what I mean yeah totally it's an interesting thing but I think the pop star is like very specifically defined as like a boy band you know like i definitely think that 
the Muslim community is so anti-black and like is guilty of that. But I think mm-hmm. the the kind of pop star um, idea that we have of of Zayn is very specifically tethered to this concept of like a tween boy, right. you know. And being it also being seen as like beautiful and accepted and a sex Absolutely. symbol, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that is what the boy band thing is all about. You know, it's like which is totally fucked. But why is it fucked? Sorry, I don't know. Give me a, some. What do you mean? Because by that? I mean, if we juxtapose that against rappers, then it's yes. like that's I think just really awful that we you know they don't get the same kind of um, encouragement for being sexy or whatever because they mm. are. But yeah. Yeah. you know. I mean, my icon growing up was Mostef. I thought he was so <laughs> yes. fly and also he so is. talented. Um, and to me, he was my Muslim icon. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I, and I, you know, as somebody who didn't who liked rap more than I liked pop, it's different, obviously, because he doesn't look like me, and there is like some sort of weird thing there. You know, like where like you want somebody that sort of looks like yeah. you or you know has your cultural background, but he still like exhibited that role for me. Also, DJ Khaled, by the way. Sorry, I meant, oh. forgot to say yep. DJ Khaled. Oh, yeah. My he cousin. Named his, <laughs> he <laughs> actually, he my named cousin. his son Asad. Oh, did he? Yeah, he named his son Asad. <laughs> There's actually a great video of him online cradling his son, playing the Avan off his phone with a very serious face. It's really adorable. All I saw There's that like day on this. his Twitter were like people screenshotting his snaps of him like, just taking selfies while his wife is in labor. Oh, and no. I wanted to <laughs> oh punch God. him on her behalf. Like, just yeah. shut up. Just Put your phone down. Hold your wife's hand. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't labor give you super strength? I would have, like, punched him. I would mm. have, too. She's a better woman than I am. I know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, an interesting thing how he seemed. I, the boy band thing definitely has some special cultural currency right. that still exists. Actually, Friha, you mentioned that Urdu song that... Uh, Zane had which for me was like a big moment of like okay this person is trying to tap into identity in a way that I didn't know he was yeah it's called flower I uh it's funny because my dad and my uncles are the kind of people that'll send you forwards that'll be like you know Pakistani scientist is the, <laughs> considered the best scientist in the world he'll like find these forwards <laughs> of like news stories about Pakistanis being really excellent and it's like it's a bit much for me obviously but I'm like it's like his thing so I called him and I was like hey Abu did you know <laughs> The biggest pop star in the world is Pakistani. And he goes, really? Send me, send me his music. I was like, all right, he has a song in Urdu. I'm going to play it for you. hear anything back for like a week i expected it the forward to go to everyone in our family it didn't i called him and i was like what did you think of that song he was like i don't know what was it <laughs> his birthday wasn't that good yeah what that's what it? i heard too did you guys you guys play it for your parents no not my yeah. parents because my mom would be like why are you even listening to this but <laughs> <laughs> i listened to it and a lot of my friends like we speak urdu like casually like my mm. urdu sucks like, it's my so urdu bad also sucks but uh, my friends were like, his Urdu is like really bad. Like his accent's <laughs> bad. The vocabulary is bad. Just everything is bad. And I'm like, but this is so important to me. Like this is it, yeah. an album that was so anticipated, first of all. Second of all, he is like the biggest pop star right now. Like everyone's been looking forward to this album. And he put an Urdu song on it. Yeah. 
when he obviously doesn't speak Urdu <laughs> that much or that well. In the book, he claimed it was he he was riffing Urdu lyrics in like the wild, and he wanted to do it to because he knew it would mean a lot to his dad. Oh, he says that in the book. So he's also a huge Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan fan. Right. Um, and I think that that... The greatest musician it, ever. Exactly. And it really reminded me. It was sort of an ode to him. Funny um, tidbit. I got the album like a couple of days before it was released. Um, and my friend did the New York Times review for it, and we had to. Tr- my parents translated it for him for the review. So, like while they were doing it, they were like, "This doesn't make any sense." Yeah, and I was like, "Don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter." Yeah. Just like, no, my just Urdu is good down. enough that I like could translate it, and I'm like, "Wow, this is really bad." Like, <laughs> I'm like this Urdu is really bad, but it I'm still like, meant a lot for me. Exactly, it, mean, it means a lot. It means a like lot. he could just be babbling in Urdu, and I'd be like, "Yes, yeah, Urdu." Urdu. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't speak Urdu, but like when I was a teenager or like when I was back in the day, there was this like she's like a Swedish, I think, Lebanese pop star. She just sounded like a standard pop star, but she just couldn't speak Arabic. Like it was really bad. And to this day, I just listen to it just to cringe because it's so bad. And it was really funny. Because <laughs> I thought this was going to be an inspiring yeah. story. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. no, no, it was just like, because her Arabic was so bad. And I felt right. so ashamed of her as like an Arab American. I was like, did your parents not teach you Arabic? Yes. I was like, why is this so bad? And then also partially because she was like trying to like put an eastern flair on like a standard pop song and i was like stop that's interesting Mm. the perfectness aspect like when there's we've talked about this before with um in like the fandom episode with bim about how when there's like one person who is being propped up as you know like the icon for a community we feel like they have to be perfect yeah like the urdu had to be perfect the grammar and the vocabulary everything but But like that story he told in the book i was kind of moved by it in a way just that it was like he didn't check with his dad to make sure that he was right. He was like, maybe he did. Dad. And his dad was just like so proud of him. And he was just maybe like, he was like yeah. crying and he couldn't read it properly. Exactly. <laughs> Imagine That's all cute. the scenarios. Is there a fandom element there? Does somebody, has anyone written any fan fiction about that song? I'm sure you guys would know more than me. I oh my God. I'm about to. Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> I think you definitely should. The moment when he shared flower with his dad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think like it would be like we would care as much about him? What, what would you think of his music if he was just like a white guy? He was like another guy in One Direction. Would you guys like it? I would be bored. I honestly would like still be, be so, singing yeah. Urdu? Uh, <laughs> let's say he does the Jeff Buckley. He does the Jeff Buckley. I'll do the, just a bit of the first song that I ever heard by Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. You know about Jeff Buckley? No. He's, yeah, Jeff Buckley was also obsessed with Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan. Yeah, he, oh, had a, really? he has a cover of a Nusrat song. He's just a white guy. Yeah, so he has a song in Urdu, let's just say. But he doesn't have any Pakistani background. Would you still like him? I don't think so. Why not? Because I don't like any of the other guys in One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
when One Direction was together, I never cared about them. I'm just like, you know, there's this Pakistani Muslim guy in there. I listened to that What Makes You Beautiful song. And the lyrics are really stupid, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so I never listened to another one of their songs. I was just like aware that there's like a Pakistani Muslim guy. And then he left the band and people were like talking about his mental health. And I'm like, well, this is important. There's mm. like a Pakistani Muslim member of a boy band talking about mental health out there. What exactly was he talking about with mental health? How like being in the band was so hard on him and like how they were traveling too much, stuff like that. And you know, all the publicity and all the attention. He talks about, like, he, like, developed an eating disorder, I, I think he said. I don't know yeah. about that. Yeah, I think I actually heard about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me personally, like, Zayn, his songs kind of put me to sleep. Like, he's like, <laughs> pillow talk. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Literally pillow talk. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I got, like, I kind of, like, I like Like I Would, but I think maybe because it's, like, relatively more upbeat. Yeah. But, like, Honestly, for me, it's very similar to Gigi where, you know, if I look at her pictures, I'm just like, yeah, tall, pretty blonde lady. But it's just like more them as an icon that's significant right. to me. Exactly. Free head, you like, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> She's been very quiet. You've been quiet. I, I'm really I, nervous. You've been attacking <laughs> your, your guy. No, I absolutely would not care. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, if, Unanimous. If if he was white, I'd be like out of it. I'd, I'd zone out. Yeah, yeah I mean, so he so lends important. so much to us because of who he is yeah. and like because of the complexity and the nuance of his identity. I mean, it means so much to me as a person who is a Muslim person with a bunch of tattoos to see somebody with mm. so many tattoos who's Muslim, you know? Yeah. I like his messiness. And it's kind of what... Um, you were saying about Gigi, where it's just her being Palestinian means something. And I, I mean, we keep coming back to this point, but like, yeah, I mean, if he was white, I just wouldn't, I would not care. And if he was white, One Direction would just be another band. I feel like him yeah. being brown is what made them kind of different from the rest of the boy bands, because it's like they have this brown Muslim guy in there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's so interesting, too, because it's like you the way you guys are talking about these people, it's like we sort of think of them as they become important because of the way we see ourselves in them and the way we interact with them as like celebrities. But it's an interesting question for me is like also what's the limit for what they actually do that makes you like when would you drop them? Like that's always the issue with Kanye, right? So many people <laughs> are always like, it's time yeah. to drop Kanye. Because in, in this case, I for me, I just basically think of all celebrities as basically they're trash like all of us, you know, and like <laughs> I expect them to be very imperfect and uh, I don't want to project too much onto them. But like sure. the thing is with these guys is we have to. That's why they're powerful. What would Zayn need to do for you to be like, nope, never, <laughs> he's not my icon anymore? Well, I think a few months ago, someone did like tweet at him that he's never acknowledged like Black Lives Matter. And he did have a very disappointing reply, which I think he deleted. So I don't remember exactly what he said, but he didn't say it in mm-hmm. that reply either. And at that point, I was like, this is, like, really disappointing. Like, here we have, like, so few Muslim people in the media, and then they won't even acknowledge these huge movements. And at that point, I was like, okay, his face is really pretty, but, like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about him. I don't know about him. It's a process, obviously. It's totally a process, yeah. I think that he is definitely not... I hate the word, but woke. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't call like Zayn a super woke person, no, but um, I actually really believe in his evolution. I think that there's a lot there, and that he's like coming to terms with a lot, and and the fact that he's created an album, and written a book, 
since leaving the band means that there's a lot of things that he's processing really rapidly. But also to interject, Mohammed Hadid is actually very, apparently really Muslim. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> like Gigi's he, dad. He said that yeah. he is. Yeah. I just wanted to add that in. But um, he's very vocal on like his history. He's vocal yeah. on his background. And like, yeah, I mean, he's... Oh, really? I mean, he like talks about their family and their history and that kind of thing. And he's like very loud about it. I just love seeing that. That means a lot to me. But what would Zane have to do for me to like, I don't know, disown him? I mean, I guess like say something probably pretty anti-black or, you know, definitely yeah. those are probably the cutoffs for me. Like if he just, you know, if he said the N word or something like accidentally, I'd be like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Like there's a point where you can't defend person mm-hmm. anymore because then it's a reflection yeah. on you i feel like that's, yeah exactly it's just the problem with celebrity though because they're just gonna they are gonna do something to disappoint yeah. you you know what i mean there is something that zane could do that would make me like him a lot more <laughs> <laughs> and that is i'm glad you asked <laughs> uh you're I, pulling something out of your backpack <laughs> i so i have here a pitch for a for a duo oh my God. called. Oh so uh, for those of you who cannot see, I have photoshopped <laughs> Ahmed and Zayn together for a for a brown dude duo. I love it. That's amazing. And I what think the photo is of that even is me. I don't even know if that. There are pictures of you on Google. I got, oh my gosh. There's there's one for you and one for wifey. Oh my god. Thank that you is so awesome. Much. Thanks to this Meg for gr- assembling. This is the greatest the greatest present ever. It's a it's a beautiful T-shirt, and I look pretty good standing next to him. Not gonna lie, <laughs> which is saying a lot. <laughs> it's iconic. So this is, seems like a good time to also announce that we have a Twitter account, which is uh, at see something, and we will tweet out that picture of me in the shirt that Sarah made with me and Zane being best buddies. There's there's a pink and a gray, um, and I'm definitely gonna wear it. I was for... not expecting that. Neither was I. <laughs> yeah, then he's in the good books forever. He yeah. can is Zen, if you're listening, you need to come on the show. We can do our duet. We can work on some Urdu songs together. Okay, I can play Amazing. drums, kind of poorly. <laughs> it's just like funny how much of this conversation is about how imperfect this whole relationship right. to celebrity is. Um, mm. And it's like going to evolve. And it's going to be interesting to see him inv- evolve while he's uh, in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah is going to sign out right here. Um, Sarah, it's been so good to have you. Thank you for talking about your future husband. <laughs> I, Gigi, I will not fight you for this. You can have him. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's very generous of you. But thank you guys very for having gracious. me. This is amazing. We just had a really great conversation about Zane, but what I really want to start talking about in the podcast is something that I really, you know, brought the home the halal bacon from Red BuzzFeed <laughs> for like many years is is memes and like writing about and collecting these amazing Muslim memes. Like there's like a huge culture that it's out there if you're looking for. And Fariha and Farwa are staying on to talk to me about some of their favorite Muslim memes. We haven't, like, come up with a name for this segment yet, but, um, you know, we're th- we were thinking, like, mus- just Muslim memes, right? Muslim memes. <laughs> Muslim memes. Muslim memes. I mean, you guys are really active on Twitter and Tumblr. So I basically asked them to both bring in, like, their favorite Muslim meme, and we're going to talk about them. Um, 
Maybe I'll start, actually, because okay. mine is really simple. It's not even really a meme. It's more like just a great tweet, <laughs> which is also, you know, it can become... I think tweets have their place in meme culture. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And also, it's like sort of a meme in the sense that this happened in real life. It's from um, Brosin. Do you guys know Brosin on Twitter? Yeah, Brosin's no. hilarious. Yeah, um, so Brosin just tweeted an image of him typing into Google... Is David Blaine a gin? <laughs> and I was just like, it was perfect because I was at my, so my sister's place and everyone, like my family group chat was like blowing up with this David Blaine thing where he like caught a bullet in his teeth or something. Did he? Everyone was like, he's a gin, right? Like he has a gin helping him. And like in real life, everyone was talking about right. it. And then you saw that. Then I saw it. I was like, this is perfect. This is such a real thing. Like, everyone else thinks it's just an illusion. But Muslims know. Like, jinn, there are ways to do magic in real life. (laughs) Jinns have it figured out. They're fucking creepy. (laughs) (laughs) But they're good jinns too, Fariha. Yeah, Yeah. totally, totally, totally. Maybe David Blaine is a good jinn. Maybe David Blaine is a good jinn. I've learned to, like, not talk shit about jinns because... Just because I'm scared that they're, like, going to come after me. Yeah, right. What did you say about me behind my back? Yeah, <laughs> There's going to be, like, a gin under my bed. We have tons of listeners who said they downloaded every single episode of the podcast except to catch up. Gin. Except the gin episode. <laughs> they won't let put it in their podcast. Out. It's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Fariha, what's your Muslim meme? What's Which one are you thinking about right now? One of my favorite Muslim memes is uh, of picture of the fast and furious poster and they're all lined up and it looks like they're about to start praying <laughs> and it literally says fasting and furious seven <laughs> vin diesel has a beard so does yes, the rock yes, he does michelle rodriguez is wearing a hijab like it's it's wonderful and it's gender and mixed it's, even it's gender mixed <laughs> yeah gender mixed prayer. <laughs> i think ramzan is like Great material for memes, honestly. Also, I just love the meme of like, which is a real life thing that has happened my entire life, which is that like a celebrity is secretly a Muslim or like they actually are Muslim and don't know it yet. (laughs) You know, like uh, there's this picture of Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. And, you know, The Revenant, he has this he's grew this huge beard and he looks really serious. And so the caption is like, Mashallah, look at what Islam does. Brother Leo converted to Islam <laughs> and immediately Allah gave him an Oscar. Subhanallah. Um, I actually like looked at my Muslim about? memes today <laughs> to prepare for this. But there was one that I saw on Twitter like probably a year ago. But there's this popular meme. Where you know that guy's like standing at a podium and like he looks like he, yes. like he has a smirk on his face. Yeah, yeah. And like the original meme is like when you make a joke and you're waiting for your friends to stop laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. So like there was like a Muslim twist on it where it's like when you get to hell and you see all the fake religious people there too. <laughs> real talk. It's so real. And real that talk. just has been my favorite for over a year because like just the picture is so perfect. And also I cannot wait for that moment. <laughs> Right? I cannot wait to get to hell and see all these people who told me I wasn't Muslim enough. Exactly. Like, huh, the fakes. I thought you were supposed to be up there and I was supposed to be down here by myself. That's what yeah. I love about Muslim Twitter. Just the darkness. Exactly. You know what I mean? Oh, the gen- Jahannam jokes? Yes. They're so good. The Jahannam jokes are terrifying <laughs> at a certain point. Like you laugh and then you're like, oh, wait, this is like, not Ooh. funny. <laughs> yeah. Freeha, you have another one? You said you brought a lot. You, I, have, you were, I have two. You have I have two. another okay. two. So I ha- you know that like crying Dawson face? Yes. Classic Which is meme. classic. 
and it just says when hijab on point, but you forget you forgot to make wudu. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and I just really think that's hilarious. Or when your but, makeup is on point and you forgot to do wudu, that's even worse. Exactly, oh, exactly. Cause, oh, that is worse because you have to wash it all. Exactly, off and then it's like those moments where you don't want to wash it off, and they're like, and you're like, oh man, this is why they say makeup is on. Sorry guys. This moment. <laughs> Sorry guys. That I it took me a moment to get the joke because I have never had to oh, wear a hijab okay. or wear makeup. So, but now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you there are. Take it all off. You got to take it all off, yeah. and that's that's a lot of work. It is work. You know so what was real. my favorite tweet? My favorite Ramzan tweet of all time. Um, I think it was like a few years ago actually, but I see it like recycled every year. It's like Ramzan had me feeling so weak. I called a radio station. And they asked what I was requesting, and I said Maghrib Adhan. (laughs) 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 Something like that. But I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I laughed for like 20 minutes. But there's another meme where there's like a sheikh talking to a girl. Have you guys seen it? You see the back of the head. Yeah, Yeah, you see the back of her head. And And she's like giving her advice. Yeah, there's so many variations on that one. I've not seen any of them. Oh my God, Vriha, they're the best. Where it's like, I know you're from NY, but you can't like start your dua like you'll be. (laughs) I I think think it was, there was also one that was like, my favorite one was like, Aisha, I know you're from New York, but you can't end every dua with dead ass. Yes, yes. (laughs) And there was one I saw today when I was like preparing for this and it said, um, like, Aisha, I know you're a Justin Bieber fan, but you can't start every dua with, is it too late now to say sorry? (laughs) So the meme is a photo of a prominent scholar of Islam. I don't know where he's from, but his name is Mufti Menk. And he's got like 900,000 Twitter followers. So he's pretty popular. Well known, but apparently, I mean, I had never heard of him before the meme. Um, and I bet it's even funnier if you know who he is. If, like, right, exactly. Yeah. Like, is like M- that's his that's his thing. He just tells, gives people advice all the time about he, the things they can't do. And like he's like sort of trying to understand them, but the requests <laughs> failing, are slightly yeah. ridiculous <laughs> exactly. or something, you know, or failing. Yeah, yeah the, exactly. There were so many variations on that one. Like every city. So obviously I didn't get like all like the New York ones. I was like, yes, I get this one. It's funny because I was like when I was trying to write at BuzzFeed, I was like, how can I write about the Muslim experience in a way that doesn't ignore huge swaths of the community? And I was like, memes. memes. Everyone will appreciate the the answer to all your questions is memes. And, you know, that has been good for me. It's been a a very successful way of of getting Muslims united. You know, you're doing good. You're doing good. Thank you for you. Thank you. So, uh, that was a great conversation about Zane and memes. Like, that's just the perfect episode for me. Um, so, I <laughs> mm-hmm. want to thank you guys. Thank you, Farwa, for being on. No problem. Where can people follow you and read your hilarious and very also fasting and furious tweets? <laughs> uh, my Twitter is Furs, which is F A R W double Z. And Fariha, thank you also for being on. Where can people find you and your work? I don't have a website because I'm lazy. Same. But, uh, just Google, right? I just Google Faria Roisin and follow me on Twitter at Faria Roisin, F-A-R-I-H-A-R-O-I-S-I-N. Um, I'm really good at Instagram too. So. Oh, same. same handle. Okay, we'll have to follow uh, you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I feel like I have, I've taken my first course in my <laughs> Zayn Malik major. It's probably a minor, to be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> I will be your lecturer, happily. <laughs> so, uh, 
we are going to do a Christmas episode. And I'm doing it begrudgingly because I am a Grinch and I don't like Christmas at all. What? I'm sorry. But um, I want to hear what it's like for those of you that grew up Muslim in America and or the UK or whatever. And you've experienced Christmas as a Muslim. I want to hear your Christmas stories. How oh you experience it. How do you hate Christmas? Oh, you're going to hear on the episode. <laughs> I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in. I love Christmas. I'm having a Christmas party on Friday. I have a tree <laughs> in my house. So if you have a Christmas story about your experience, you know, being Muslim during the holiday season, send us a voice memo. You can record it on your voice memo app on your iPhone or Android and send it over to say something at BuzzFeed.com. Um, and you should start your story with one time at Christmas, I, and then tell us about, you know, being forced to sing carols or <laughs> everyone getting presents on Christmas and you're just sitting there like, this is the worst. I feel so alone. Okay, that's my story. That's going to be my story, which we're going to talk about. Anyhow, send them over to us for a chance to be featured on a future episode of the podcast. This episode was produced by Eleanor Kagan, Megan Dietrich, and Meg Kramer. Additional production support from Tabir Akhtar, Julia Ferlin, Nina Patak, and Chiquita Pascal. Thanks to Argo Studios. Our music is by The Caminas. Find them at caminas.bandcamp.com. You can find me on Twitter at radbrowndads. Um, you can find my writing at buzzfeed.com slash Email us at saysomething at buzzfeed.com. And tweet us at something on Twitter so good um, which is new and if you like the show please rate it on iTunes I'm Amadel Yuckber thanks for listening I wonder if anyone adds him and goes take me daddy <laughs> oh my <laughs> god sure they do you know like the Obama thing <laughs> I know that that happens. That yeah, has to I happen. I don't doubt it. It's got to. I mean, if it happens to Norm Kelly, then <laughs> no one right? is safe. No one is safe.